MSW Media. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to the MSW Book Club. I am your co-host, A.G., and with me is the incomparable Dana Goldberg. Hi, Dana. Hi, A.G. Oh, we made it through another week. Did we, though? Did we? (laughs) (laughs) I'm still reeling from the debate. Oh, Oh. I think I have a hangover. Like, I also think my neck muscles are sore. (laughs) The whole time I was watching it, I realized I was so stressed out because that petulant child i mean with no impulse control what the hell soever it unbelievable and i just kept having flashes to mary trump's book describing him as a child and a teenager and how he flirts with women and how he's just a bully and he's just a uh, just a giant like they prepared for that like they like that's what that was their that was their plan and it just backfired miserably i mean my god And thank God it did. I mean, I'll be honest with you, because you know, the first five minutes, and we, you know, we said this that I was like, "Oh God, there's there's ninety minutes of the, of this," <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit!" And then all of the, I mean, all of the pundits, all of the journalists, even conservatives, were like, "Yeah, that 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 didn't go that didn't go well for him. That was not. I mean, he doesn't he didn't look presidential in any way, shape, or form. Even if you go back to 2016, at least he participated in a debate." <laughs> And Dana Bash afterwards she, on CNN, she's like, well, that was a shit show. And then like she was like, look, I, this is cable. We're allowed to say that. And it's the only word that I can think of uh, to describe what I just saw. It was bananas. I mean, I think Jake, Ta- was it Jake Tapper that was like, that was a train wreck wrapped in a dumpster fire. Like he kept going and going and going. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's. That's what it was. I mean, good on Joe for keeping his cool because he could, I wanted to throat punch, you know, and I'm not a violent person, um, Donald several times. Uh, and, and Joe did a really good job of like, just trying to laugh it off. You know, there was those couple times where he was like, shut up, man. Like that was magic <laughs> and not presidential, but really what is presidential at this point? The bar is so fucking low at this. At, I can't. I can't. Don't we have a book to talk about? <laughs> we do. <laughs> but you're right, though. He stayed calm. I think that was like the perfect sort of audition for what, you know, for totally. being president. Like, yeah. you know, and and uh, he, to, to, to have to listen to what was going on to his right and try to pay attention to what Chris Wallace was saying. I think, you know, if anyone has any questions about his cognitive abilities, I think they're working perfectly well seriously my god the retroactive interference alone for him to be able to stay on topic 
I couldn't handle it. People were turning it off. They couldn't handle it. But but Joe took Joe handled it. Um, and then you know you throw that on top of the t- Trump tax thing, and then the Brad Parscale getting tackled and arrested. And, and uh, it, the the bus doesn't have enough wheels to come off of it. It needs we need a bigger bus with more yeah. wheels. We need a we need a bigger bus. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, we do have a book to cover. We've been covering the book by Mary Trump, Too Much and Never Enough, How My Family Created the Most Dangerous Man in the World, as evidenced by Tuesday Night. Uh, and today, today's episode, we'll be covering chapters 10, 11, and 12. So uh, do you want to kick it off? You want to start with chapter 10? You know what? I do. I'm due. We're going to do this. All right. Uh, everyone just be prepared. These three chapters are a bit heavy. Uh, we're going to get through them together and uh, we'll have a little palate cleanser at the end before we let you go. I promise. Okay. Chapter 10, Nightfall Does Not Come at Once. So in this chapter, we basically start off pretty harsh uh, with the family at Marlago, where they'd taken to meeting up for Easter every year and Fred's uh, Fred Sr.'s dementia at this point was getting fairly bad. So he had not recognized old friends and family members, including Mary, and had started referring to her as the nice lady. And Mary said, and I quote, he was very sweet to me after he'd forgotten who I was. God. Ugh. Okay. So at this point, Fred looks suddenly scared as he glanced around at people at a gala thrown in his honor. And Mary noted that the look of fear on him was new. This is a new look as compared to like the contemptuous hate she had always been accustomed to from Fred. Uh, he would regularly forget who Robert and Marianne were, but he never forgot Donald, which is so unfortunate. Uh, Robert was in charge of running the businesses by that point, so... Uh, that we know what's happening now that Trump is now Donald's just a figurehead. Uh, they were at the house and Donald was there with Ivanka and his two, as Mary said, chubby sons who were wrestling. Yes, Donald used to wrestle with them, but when they started to be able to fight back, Donald opted out. I tell you right now, AG, as big as Barron's getting, he better treat Barron's mother right in front of him because maybe there's some ounce of goodness left in that, in that boy and mm. he'll protect his, you know what I mean? Mm. He's big. He's towering over Donald at this point. Uh, Donald and Robert pretty much ignored their dad now that Donald had gotten what he wanted from him. Mary then talks about how when Donald was young, she had no idea how useless he was to Fred and how Fred was just biding his time until Donald would become useful to him. Very interesting. Uh, That kind of neglect made Donald who he is today, which we have seen Day in and day out, including Tuesday. In 1994, Mary goes on and says uh, they had moved out about 15 minutes from the house and would visit Gam a lot. She noticed Gam would often slide her hand into her purse and put something into her mouth. Mary actually said they never talked about, she has no idea what they what that was, first of all. They never talked about Mary's dad, but one day Gam was feeling particularly nostalgic and was talking about how Freddie had always made her laugh. And uh, from what we've heard from Mary, he was a very jocular guy. Mary and uh, Gam said, Mary, he was so sick. I didn't know what to do. Mary thought she was going to cry and actually consoled her. And Gam uh, continued on and said those last few weeks, he couldn't get out of bed. And Mary brought up the day she had come by to say goodbye to her dad before leaving for school. Gam said he felt so bad when he heard you come to see him. And she said that was the last thing she said about it. They drove home in silence after Gam paid for the meal. It's amazing how stuff is just not spoken about. After a certain point, there's this moment of vulnerability, and then it's shut down. It's mm-hmm. shut down. I see it over and over. Yeah, and there, and, and, and money always interjects, too, right? Like Gam paid for Absolutely. the meal. It's like always yep. like like sort of replacing emotions and empathy with currency. That's money. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So Mary says she recalled having a phone. Uh, she, she recalled having phone Gammon Fred when she was an exchange student in Germany, asking if she could stay with him when she came home to visit. Uh, she couldn't stay with her mom because she was allergic to cats. And Fred, of course, because he's such a dick, basically just said, then get rid of the cats. Uh, it was so much easier, Mary says, being the nice lady now. Yeah, Mary saw firsthand how it was um, how it was for Gam to live with Fred. So she's been around a lot at this point. Uh, he would hide her checkbook, and when she asked about it, Fred would accuse her of trying to bankrupt him. He'd never been poor Dana's life, but the prospect of pro- poverty tortured him, and it became his sole preoccupation. Uh, probably why Donald is so scared, of course, of losing this election, which he'll stop at nothing to steal. We've seen it. Um, even talking about the election fraud over and over, that doesn't exist. Doesn't exist other than Russia. And then there's an interference anyway. Whew. Yeah, somebody actually said, like, he's not running against Joe Biden. He's running against the election. Yeah. He, he's also running against time at this point with mm-hmm. those loans. Because, I mean, we can say who does he owe the money to. But I think we all know it begins with P and ends with Uten. And I don't know why people are asking this question. <laughs> I know. It's uh, like, you, do you really not know? Nancy, g- give me a call. I know. Come on. Oh, so many rhetorical questions in this administration. So in this chapter, Mary goes on and says she saw Fred's decline firsthand, like repeatedly asking what was for dinner, and then he would forget what Gam had said, only to ask again and again every five minutes until Gam pulled Mary out to the porch and was basically like, he's going to drive me mad. Uh, She was so troubled that they would drive every weekend to Mar-a-Lago or one of the other three siblings' houses just so she could get a break from being home alone with Fred. At one point, Gam had broken another bone. So fragile. She's so fragile. And she had broken another bone and opted for residential rehab to avoid living at home with him for a little while. Yeah. Rather be in rehab. In, in, I know. In like a hospital <laughs> than, than at home with him. Uh, she goes on to say in 1998, the family went to Trump Tower for the first time to celebrate Father's Day, but they couldn't go out to Fred's favorite restaurant because of his condition. Mary, she said, uh, goes on to say she had made the mistake of being the first one to arrive at the penthouse. Although, and I quote, Donald and Marla were still married, she was already distant memory, having been replaced by his new girlfriend, Melania. They sat together on an uncomfortable love seat, and everything was gaudy as fuck. Marble, gold leaf, mirrored walls. Melania was 28, five years younger than Mary is, Allison. <laughs> 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 Donald told Melania dinner. <laughs> so, at this point, we're trying to bring some humor to these chapters, people, because it's just dark shit. All right. So, Mary goes on to say in this chapter that Donald uh, told Melania at dinner. This is so fucked up. This part's so fucked up. Donald told Melania at dinner about how Mary tried to write his book, The Art of the Comeback, and made Mary out to have been like on the brink of failure when he rescued her, saying she dropped out of college and that her life was really bad for a while and that she had started doing drugs. How many times has Donald accused other people of doing drugs? <laughs> it's, a, it's a projection thing. I mean, it is every time. Literal chunks of drugs fly out of his nose in press conferences and he's talking about how everyone's doing drugs i mean i have to assume at the debate they didn't put him up his nose there was no sniffing they had to shot him right up his ass like that's what i think they did for the debate there was only there's no sniffing that we saw in 2016 in every other speech anyways so donald tells melania mary's on drugs and mary's like whoa and she sort of holds up her hands and melania's like really and mary's like no i've never done drugs in my life And Donald looked at her and smiled and said she was a total disaster. 
So Donald loves a good comeback story. And Mary says there was no point in setting the record straight. And by the time the doorbell rang, he probably already believed the version of her life, which is true. He he has to believe the lies, he says. Yeah. It goes on. June 1999, friend ended up in the hospital, and Mary made the 10-minute drive to the full hospital room. Uh, Robert's wife complained to Mary that the inconvenience of Fred being in the hospital had made them have to cancel the trip to London for a polo match with Prince Charles. What the fuck? It was such a douchey thing to say. And when I read this and what you'll hear next, just infuriated me because Mary's like, yeah, sorry about your trip, but I can top that with a story because we find out that she was supposed to be in Maui getting married. But she didn't tell anyone in the family because she was marrying a woman, which is sort of the first time in the book that Mary even alludes to sexual orientation and then moves on. Um, So basically, she said that. And Mary talks about how she basically asked a guy friend to accompany her to the family gatherings that required a plus one. And then tells us about a couple of years earlier. This is so so heartbreaking. She and Gam were talking about Princess Diana's funeral. And when Gam said, it's a disgrace they're letting, and I'm just going to say it, I hate this word, just so you all know. It's a disgrace they're letting that little faggot Elton John sing at the service. Uh, yeah. So at that point, understandably, Mary thought it's best not to tell anyone she was engaged to a woman. <sighs> There's so much goes into that, too, after all the abuse she's already gone through and then having to closet herself. But So the chapter basically ends. Um, and now that we see after seeing how bad Fred was, Mary knew she'd have to break the news to her fiance that after months of planning and overcoming a myriad of logistical nightmares, their mostly secret wedding would have to be postponed. Just another thing that she gave up for this completely fucked up family. That part really breaks my heart, to be honest. And that's how chapter 10 ends. Yeah. And and there's so much more I want to know about that, you know, like what, know. what that must have been like. And and because, um, you know, she doesn't she doesn't really go into it too much um, in the book, just that. You know, but you know, oh, well, we're gonna miss Polo with Prince Charles. Oh, okay. Please. Oh, it's just so gross. Um, it is so gross. Hey, everybody, it's AG for the MSW Book Club. You know, we had a couple of folks write in and say that they had a confession. This is back when we were doing quarantine confessions. And their confession was that they had been sleeping on a Trump-branded mattress. So we couldn't have that. So we hooked up with our sponsor, Helix, who is sponsoring this show today. And we sent them, we gifted them a Helix mattress customized to their sleep preferences. And they have never slept better, especially after getting off the Trump-branded mattress. But Helix Sleep knows that, you know, we all sleep differently. And my Helix mattress is the best sleep I've ever gotten. It's the most comfortable mattress. It's like sleeping on a cloud. Uh, I sleep on my side, and I like a medium firm bed, so they matched me with the Helix Midnight, and I've never slept better. See, they have this two-minute online sleep quiz, and they use your answers to match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Uh, They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. They have mattresses that cool you down if you're a hot sleeper like me. They have mattresses great for spinal alignment to help you with aches and pains in the morning. And it's just, they're an awesome company. But you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Uh, Helix has been recommended by a lot of leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine. 
as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. So just go to helixsleep.com slash mswbookclub, take their two-minute online sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you literally the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. That's more than three months. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. And Helix has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows in case you're using my pillows. You can get these two free pillows for listeners uh, at helixsleep.com slash mswbookclub. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash mswbookclub for up to $200 off your mattress orders and two free pillows. You'd be so glad you did. And uh, the next couple chapters here are are relatively short chapters. They kind of get into the money. And the chapter 11 is called The Only Currency. And you'll it'll be explained why it's called that. But it opens with the family. Um, they're gathered together reading the obituary of Fred Trump. He died in June of 1999. And Marianne uh, was scolding Robert for giving the paper a net worth for Fred as being between 200 and 300 million dollars and she said never give them numbers even though he was way off he you know fred was worth like three or four times that much um but there were more than 800 people that came to the service and it's likely because they wanted to see if they could catch a glimpse of donald uh the mayor kaludi rudy was there yeah giuliani he spoke at the funeral and Mary says, quote, the six oldest grandchildren accompanied the casket to the hearse as honorary pallbearers, which meant, as was often the case in our family, that others did the heavy lifting while we got the credit. That's pretty deep. Um, honorary pall. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Um, and, 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 and super descriptive, too, you know, and just making that connection, you know, with the literal heavy lifting while other people get the credit. And uh, Mary returned to the house, the the house, with Gam. And other than the live-in maid, it was just the two of them. And Mary stayed with her until Gam went to sleep. She kissed her on the cheek when she was about to leave, told her, you know, you're my favorite person. And Mary says, not because she was her favorite person, but because she loved her and because nobody else had, quote, bothered to stay with her after her husband of 63 years had been put in the ground. I mean, come on. It's the, I, I, that's why I think, Mo, I know Donald is, but these people are sociopaths. They're like, oh, he kicked it. Let's go on. Moving on. Mm-hmm. And that's when we're going we're gonna to learn about the only currency that matters. Um, two weeks later, uh, Mary was home. DHL delivered the will. And Mary called her brother and said, "What? what's the deal? And Fritz was like, nothing. We got nothing. That's what the will. But they were not in it. And days later, Robert called Mary to tell her that Gam was in the hospital. Uh, Robert acted like they all didn't just learn that the estate was split among the four living children and the kids of the fifth were totally left out. Like, Robert didn't even mention that. Right. Hey, Gam's in the hospital. Sorry about fucking you over forever. <laughs> And Fritz and Mary had agreed not to sign anything, though, until they could make sense of it, despite Robert calling them all the fucking time to push them to do it. Because, you know, obviously he couldn't get his inheritance. The three the siblings right. couldn't get their shit. And it was jammed up in probate until Mary and Fritz signed off on this. Um, and, and so he would just keep calling and calling. And at one point they all met up and Mary said, you know, why were we left out? And Robert said, quote, your grandfather didn't give a shit about you. He didn't give a shit about any of his grandchildren. 
And Mary pointed out, like, yeah, that might be right, but all of our other cousins are going to benefit, though, because their parents are going to split the estate. Right. And and Rob was like, well, it's pretty simple. As far as your grandfather was concerned, dead is dead. He only cared about his living children. I mean, why would you sign anything at this point? You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, these barbs, by the way, about her father that she had to endure. I lost my dad at 16, and I didn't have a, a shithead family fucking saying nasty shit about him all the time. I don't know how she managed it. I don't either. But they all did agree, though. Robert included, to leave Gam out of the discussions and the meetings, right? All these calls and multiple meetings. Mary asked Rob at one point um, about the the seven Fred buildings, right, known as the Midland Associates. Uh, she didn't right. know much about it, but she would get a check every few months. And he, she just wanted to know how this new will would impact that check. And Rob never really kind of, and he never, he sort of avoided the question, you know. And uh, Mary concluded that Fred left them out because he could. And that the people who were her trustees assigned to protect her fiduciary interests had no interest in protecting her or Fritz, her brother. And Rob told Mary back then, look, if you don't sign, if you think of suing us, we will bankrupt Midland Associates and you will be paying taxes on money you don't have for the rest of your lives. God, they're just assholes. Yeah, so at this point, Mary and Fritz were like, what the fuck do we do? So they went to Erwin Durbin, it was like the only person they thought they could trust, and asked about it. And, and he said, look, your share of the ground leases under Shorehaven and Beachhaven alone are priceless. If they're not going to do anything for you, you're going to have to sue them. And, and this is gross, but Fritz and Lisa, his wife, their son William, had, he yeah. had exorbitant medical expenses as a special needs child. And when Mary asked Rob to help out, with that, Rob said, sign the sign the will and we'll see. Like, that's just intense. It's all a quid pro quo in the family. It's, oh, it doesn't matter if it's a child's health. It doesn't matter if it's a, a country. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, family. A, 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 it doesn't. They don't care. Yeah. And Mary was like, really? Really? And he's like, your father is dead. <laughs> and Mary was like, I know he's dead, Rob, but we are not. And she added, I was so sick of having that conversation. So apparently that came up a lot. Just constant reminders. Your dad's dead. Dead is dead. Dead doesn't matter to Fred. And she's like, yeah, but we're alive. It's just, that's just disgusting. It's disgusting. And Robert said, quote, Marianne, Donald, and I are simply following dad's wishes. Your grandfather didn't want you or Fritz or especially your mother to get anything. And Mary replied, that she and Fritz were hiring a lawyer, and Rob said, you do whatever the fuck you need to do, and then hung up on her. Like, just hiring a lawyer. Not, we're suing you. Right. Just, I just want someone to protect me, who is my best interest in mind, because clearly Irwin doesn't. Yeah, none of you do. You, My fiduciary fucking trustees, who are supposed to have my best interest in mind, do not. Right. So I'm going to go find a lawyer that does. And then Rob broke their agreement not to tell Gam. And he went to tell Gam because Gam called Mary and asked about her and Fritz suing. Were you suing for 20% of the estate? And she seemed upset. And Mary said, quote, I was confused about loyalty, about love, about the limits of both. I'd thought I was part of the family. I'd gotten it all wrong. It's heartbreaking. These, I'm sorry that these chapters are just because you feel for her, especially because we've gotten to know her a little bit on a personal level and, and the heart she has and the this, the 
the drive to get this guy out of office and to have things be right, just right in the world. That's all she wants. She doesn't want anything that she's not deserving of. She just wants what's right. Yeah, what's fair and what's right. And 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 all the time she spent with Gam in the hospital daily. Mary's here when Donald came by, you know, or when she she's the only one who was with her after they put her husband in the ground at 63 years. And and kiss her goodnight. Said you're I'm, you're my favorite person, and just all of the love that that Mary gave to Gam that Gam didn't get from her kids, you know. And here's Ga- Gam like, well, you're gonna sue, and so yeah, Mary was confused about this, and and Mary told Gam that she and Fritz weren't asking for anything. They weren't suing for twenty. They just wanted to figure it out, and they weren't suing, right? And Gam said, you'd better not be. Do you know what your father was worth when he died? A whole lot of nothing. And then, click, the phone hung up. And from coming from Gam, you know? I know, that's the most heartbreaking. I mean, especially because Mary was the one there kissing her on the forehead, you know, putting her to bed. Uh, yeah, what money can do, what money does to people? Oof. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's horrible, and and then we go to uh, and the kind of the extension of chapter eleven is chapter twelve. It's called the debacle, and it this chapter picks up exactly where the previous one left off. Mary holding the phone in her hand, just totally shocked, after Gam had delivered that parting shot about her father and hung up on her. And you know whether or not someone could rub two nickels together was all the family cared about, and she called her brother. Uh, Fritz and just burst into tears and Fritz called Gam to see if he could explain it to her and they basically had the same conversation you know if and then Mary says quote if your only currency is money then that's the only lens through which you determine worth somebody who has accomplished um, in that context as little as my father was was worth nothing even if it happened to be your son it's it's just but that's the only current and that's why that chapter 11 was called the only currency and Mary and Fritz then hired Jack Barnosky. This is a partner at a large law firm in Nassau County, kind of a douchebaggy sort of shit lawyer. And his strategy, yeah. which is a, you know, a reasonable strategy was to prove that Fred was not of sound mind when he signed the will. And he was under duress from his children to do so. They have so much proof of this. The, the, the fact that Trump tried to put together a codicil, yeah, making him the sole uh, executor of the will, and the siblings said "fuck no" and were pissed at him for trying to de- pull that little maneuver. You know, and so I mean, th- there's a pattern here, and that the other siblings who had that happen to them didn't help Freddie's kids is beyond me. I know, I know that we sound so surprised, but I know, you know, deep down, we're not. It's not, it's it's disappointing. It's not shocking. I mean, like, think about that. Donald tried to get his ailing, like, father suffering from dementia to sign a codicil, writing them, making him sole executor of the will. They were betrayed by Donald. And then Robert, who was betrayed by Donald, one of the three, three siblings betrayed by Donald, all Mary wants is what's fair and he's just a complete and total dickhead to her, as are the other siblings. And there's something that Marianne does that totally fucking pisses me off. We'll get there in a second. Yeah. Um, because what happened in response um, to this, to them hiring Jack Barnosky, Mary and Fritz hiring the lawyer, the siblings revoked the family's health insurance. Uh, th- right. This is the insurance that Fritz depended desperately on for the care of their son, William. And that was Marianne's idea. 
and nobody objected not even gam she's just ugh. there's there's evil embedded and when these when this family gets scared and they feel cornered man oh man yeah and and that that had to, you know caused marion fritz to launch another lawsuit to reinstate the coverage and, and fred's lawyer's argument fred's estate lawyer argued that the insurance was a gift it could be revoked at any time you shouldn't be assuming that you should have that forever and he also downplayed William's condition, which is fucking disgusting. And uh, Marion Fritz's lawyer was a shit lawyer, apparently, because the siblings, you know, testified that Fred was sharp as a tack until the day before he died. And, and Marion Fritz put together all this information for their, their lawyer, and he didn't bring any of it up. And after two years of this battle, Marion Fritz decided to settle because, they, you know, it's just it was so much and so expensive. And the siblings uh, demanded that Mary and Fritz sell their shares of their priceless ground leases, um, you know, back to the family. And, of course, their valuations um, that they used uh, were low. <laughs> Which, uh, of course, shocking. Yeah. And the, 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 this is a Trump trick. This is an old Trump trick, right? About asset valuations. Right now, in the, this whole New York Times story that's coming out, how he... Exactly. You know, oh, I made $479 million, he tells lenders when his tax returns say he lost $47 million so that he won't have to pay taxes on it. Like, this is how he this is how he does. This is what he do. What he do. And during this time, Mary received word that Gam had passed away. And Mary said she would have gone to visit her had she known. But the fact that she hadn't asked for Mary to come visit her clarified for Mary how easy it was to be let go by this family. And in fact, the last conversation Mary had with Gam was the one where Gam told her her father wasn't worth shit and hung up on her. That was the last words. She's so much non-closure in her life, you know, with, with Gam, with her father. It's hard. These these chapters are hard. Um, now, Fritz and Mary went to the funeral. Of course, they were unwelcome guests, you know, just disgruntled family members written out of the will. The obituary made no mention of them. Or their father. And a few weeks later, when Mary got Gam's will, it was a carbon copy of Fred's will, but Mary and Fritz had been totally removed. And, and she says, quote, my father and his entire line had now been effectively erased. Unbelievable. Now, today, in the news, recently, um, Mary is suing. And good for her. Mm-hmm. 100%. I hope she gets every penny she deserves and some for this pain and suffering from this family. Yeah. I mean, we it's clear Donald doesn't have any money. I'm not sure where it's going to come from. But mm. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's going to come from somewhere. He has to have blown that entire estate. Well, I mean, he did. He inherited 400 million and he's 400 million in debt. Mm-hmm. He did, he blew the estate 200-fold. God. Oh, his part of it. I mean, who knows what Marianne, what happened with Robert's part. I guess Robert's part went to Robert's kids. Um, right. And then we have to see what Marianne and Elizabeth. But, I mean, they were his trust. They were Mary's trustees, too. Marianne Fritz's trustees as well. Yep. All right. Well, that ends. Enjoy your weekend, 12. everyone, yeah. huh? How you- <laughs> Smiles, everybody. Happy Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You know, it's there's I I do promise you there's actually some humor coming up in the the chapters coming um, stories about Ivanka and Jared's wedding and, you know, just things that will give you a little bit of joy um, through the madness. I do promise you that. Yes, that's going to be episode six. We're covering chapters 13 and 14 and the epilogue. 
That'll be uh, coming out in a week. So you definitely want to stick around for the end of that. And uh, any anything else you want to uh, talk about? No, I mean, anything <laughs> else I want to talk about? Uh, you know, I do. It's hard. There's so much, and I feel, I feel like we could, uh, and this this shorter episode could end up being a three hour episode if we get into it. But no, I just people try and continue to stay the course. I know some of us are very disenchanted from Tuesday night. Um, but it, it it wasn't a bad showing for, for Joe. It was a bad showing for Donald, and we need to remember that no matter how uh, grotesque and frustrated we are with the system right now and, and this country, and there's reason to be. Um, just know that hopefully that was a nail, another nail in his coffin, in my, in my opinion, and I hope it is, and I hope it's, it's getting nailed shut on November 3rd. That's my hope. Yep, we're going to need a bigger bus because more is coming out, we know, from the New York Times, and, and uh, there's two debates to go. And Ooh. so I, I think uh, we just learned today that uh, the debate commissions is like, all right, new rules, new rules. And they're going to make it at least one of the new rules is they're going to make it so the moderator can cut off the mic. I, that's it. That they have to. Allison, they have to. <laughs> there is no rule that Donald will abide by except muting him because he has no impulse control. That's what we've learned from this book. He is trapped as a three-year-old with no impulse control. It's the only way to get him to shut up is to take away his megaphone. So scary that we have to have a presidential debate know, where we have to I know. give the moderator control of the. I wish I was the moderator. I would just be like mute and just leave it on mute. All right, Joe, tell I us. I would. I know. Oh, uh, equal time. Fuck equal time, and fuck you. You've had yeah. eight million hours of press conferences and COVID task force conferences and coverage, media coverage. You get to not talk right now. Although yeah, I think I think the next debate is a town hall, and. No. Uh, yeah, and Trump doesn't do no. Well he sure doesn't. Halls. And Biden does really well. He connects emotionally with everybody in town. Oh, halls. that is nice to hear that it's a town hall. Okay, because I'll be honest, I was a little worried about the new moderator <laughs> because, from what I understand, people call into the show and they're like, "You're a motherfucker," and the guy's like, "Okay, good to know," and then sort of <laughs> leaves it at that. Like, there's no fight back. <laughs> so uh, good to know it's a town hall. Yeah, because Trump does not do well. He, he can't control himself. Biden shines in those situations. So good. That makes me feel better. And October 7th. Hello. Uh, Hi, Holy Day. Hi, Holy Day. Kamala. Uh, Mike Pence. I have been looking now forward to this so hard. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, one of my new favorite hobbies is watching her deplane. Oh, I'll watch Kamala deplane on a 45-minute loop and not look away from my yeah. television. Yeah. It's uh, power. Power in chucks. <laughs> Chuck Taylors all the Power way. Power and Chuck Taylors. I gotta contact them because I've seen some knockoff Chucks with the RBG collar around the. Yeah. And I need the real thing. I need the real thing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dana. It's been awesome. Uh, another episode in a can. We'll we'll see you guys next week. Um, and we're gonna do chapters again, thirteen, fourteen, and the epilogue. So until then, everyone, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG, and I've been DG, and this is the MSW Book Club. The MSW Book Club is executive produced by Allison Gill in partnership with MSW Media and written by Allison Gill and Dana Goldberg. Sound design and engineering by Molly Hockey. Jesse Egan is our copywriter and our art and web designer by Joelle Reeder and Moxie Design Studios. The MSW Book Club is a proud member of MSW Media, a group of creator-owned podcasts focused on news, justice, and politics. For more information, visit mswmedia.com.